Welcome back to the Biff Rugby League Podcast. This is episode 13 of season 12. And we have a very, very special guest returning. It isn't just me and Robin this week. The man, the myth, the legend, Toby Jones has returned to the microphone. And he's going to be a dad very, very soon. And we're so excited for him. And we just we just want to say hello again. We just it's been it's been too long. How have you been, big man? Yeah, hello. I mean I have probably been up there with the top five busiest people on earth um <laughs> recently. Um, as I say, uh, I thought I'd be able to move out in a week. I think anyone who's moved out is I was just chatting to Robin with before we came here, um, knows that that's not possible and that uh, yeah, you things keep coming up and it's uh it's been really impossible to get to give up the time um to be here and um, you know i think i can't i couldn't actually you know outside of rugby i'm a big football fan i only got uh, only two saturdays ago i got back to the football ground for the first time in two and a half months you know it's like that's that's the level of like busy i've been that like hobbies have gone out the window and i'm really sorry if anyone who listens actually misses me but for all the listeners you've gained um, I'm really sorry that I'm I'm back and that this uh, <laughs> up with me. So no, I, I listened to the last two episodes of the podcast while I was uh, driving between jobs uh, on oh, Monday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, something like that. Yeah. Um, and you've been doing a really, really good job. Um, I like that you've been keeping up the good opinions. I I was listening to the podcast and I was like, Do you know what? I think I'd actually describe. I wouldn't describe myself as podcasters. We're not journalists, sorry about that. I think we're rugby league ideologists. And, uh, that's uh, that's what I'm going with now. That's how I see this podcast. Is it's not about it's not about um, reviewing the facts and things like that. It's about promoting creativity and uh, and yeah, you know, expand expand and improve um, the game at a structural level that we really care about. And the way we like to do that is through the medium of all the rugby news that comes out. So let's get into it. Yeah, before we get into it, you, was you that was beautiful. Before we get into it, um, I just want to say thank you for your continued support for us too. As you when while you've been away, um, I know that you were like you feel like you didn't you weren't. There was a few messages where we were like, "Now nah, we want you back. We definitely want you back." And you were like, "You guys are doing a great job." And we we're like, "Nope, it's the three of us." We sat down two years ago and said this is going to be a journey we're all going to be there and if one of us can't do it for however long we're that's fine because we know that we're going to work together you mentioned the viewers have gone up the listeners have gone up they bloody well have in march we had 166 downloads um on our episodes in april alone we've had 490 in the last 30 days it's been 498 that means our all-time downloads is now over 1300 and then back to 160 in may (laughs) no in may we've already had 10 um but that's over two days and we've not released a podcast yet in may um so we're just really happy thank you for everyone that listened so far thank you for your continued support for us and our continued support for toby and toby's continued support for us as well um, let's get into the biggest news of the week, um, and it's not the fact that oh, to- to- <laughs> it's not the fact that Toby's back. It's the fact that West Tigers have finally won a game after eight and a half months, and they've just only done and done it by beating Penrith. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I can breathe. I can breathe. Luke Brooks. I've never seen Luke Brooks play so well in his life, and I can't wait for him to join the Raiders next year. Battle of the Cats, won it? Tigers versus Panthers. Yeah, mate. They can't do it against the big boys, can they? That Penrith lot. Jesus. 
they're just not good enough. Um, so what does that do to the ladder then, Brad? We're still bottom, mate. Don't. <laughs> we're still we're still two points off the Bulldogs, I think, and we've and we've and we've got. Uh, the only reason we're there is because they get two points for a bye. Uh, but no, West have won a game, so less less stress now on me, and I want. I'm happy. Um, Gale, Luke Gale, Keithley's biggest signing in the summer, or in the winter over the off season. He's gone to Wakefield, but to make it even spicier, the Keithley owners have blamed IMG for the transfer. I mean, Toby, you've been away. You've not been able to really give your opinion on IMG and what's been going on, but you've listened to what we've got to say. I just want to give. I want you to give your thoughts on Keith the owners. <laughs> I mean, look, I think the fact that I think the fact that a lot of the clubs we thought would say no to IMG were convinced to do a U-turn on them. Like they were convinced to turn around and say, "Do you know what? Actually, we might be a small club, and we might not be." The standard that IMG are looking for, but we have we have realised that that is the level we need to be at, or that the top tier teams need to be at to get to that place. Um, in terms of Luke Gale, <laughs> you, I'm pretty sure at the end of last year, he was like up there in the top three players for the most missed tackles. Mate, I've not. I've, I tell you what, I've missed. Yeah. I've missed hearing about you and players missed tackles. I love. Oh, I, 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 I want percentages. Come on. I heard that you mentioned it last week. I can't remember the stat, but he missed a lot of tackles. And I remember when we were when I was putting together um something for something that didn't quite come together. Uh, but I was trying to put a piece together on like players each club should sign. And I said like Luke Gale, he, like if you're going to sign him, he's got to mentor. Your current halfbacks to improve their kicking game, their attacking game, and you don't really want to play him because he's going to be a real weakness um, defensively. And I feel like this is Wakefield saying we can't defend. Um, there's no point defending. Let's at least try and score, outscore the other team. Yeah. Um, and I'm surprised Luke Gale's left, but obviously I'm guessing he's realised that being semi-pro and um, doing whatever he's doing in his spare time isn't financially sustainable and this to him was the chance to have a chippy twice a week instead of just on a Saturday so I think this is probably the best scenario Like I, I think that's probably the reality is that you're only a part time team and you've got the most desperate team in Super League trying the only thing they can think left to do yeah, 100%. It's it's one of those moves. I listened to uh, listened to Luke Gale on, I think it was The Bench with uh, Jenna and John on Sky, which I, I don't mind. It's, it's, a, it's an okay podcast. I, I enjoy listening to it. I enjoy their on and off the bench segment. And Luke Gale he said he enjoys the fact he doesn't have to train as much. It's not as much pressure on him. But like you said, the financial aspect of it is Wakey are able to offer him that little just, bit more money. I just want to make clear, because there's a lot of new listeners since Thingy, when I say he can have an extra chippy, I don't mean I'm not trying to like call the girl names. I'm not. I don't know what his eating habits are, but it was just an example of the difference. <laughs> Any other takeaways are available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other takeaways are available. Um, yeah, and he might his takeaways might be like Lean Guy's Kitchen, like so, you know a lot of these players like to go to. But I just look again, Lean Guy's Kitchen isn't real, but you know what I mean. One of these like chicken and rice takeaway places. Might be there, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just putting out there that I didn't, I, you know, I know he, you know, I'm just... Toby, well, let me, Toby, let me you know, be this, honest, right? I, I, wanna, I just want Toby to stop digging that hole that he's getting himself into. The more you say, the more you say you're not doing it, the more it sounds like you did try and do it. 
I think the thing about Luke Gale is when is, is last year at Hull FC, he, he totally gave up. Like he was one of the players that was supposed to be leading that team around, had the experience, played in big games, um, Man of Steel winner, and um, he was one of the core reasons why that Hull FC team was just completely gutless, completely gave up and was really embarrassing. So I could understand why he was ready for a complete change of scenery because I think that is a team, that's a club with a lot of pressure on, on the players. And when you have yeah. a bad season like that, I'm pretty sure Hull FC fans around, you know, hate him. Do you know what I mean? I think they were really unimpressed with him. So I can understand the change of scenery and I can sort of understand why he's thinking, actually, this Keefe team aren't like completely smashing the championship. Like we thought that um, we've seen like Toronto and Toulouse and Lee and Featherston do when they sort of sign a load of um, Super League players on short-term deals and just try and like race to the top of the league. So I can understand why he's looking for something else. But I can't really understand why Wakefield think that Luke Gale is the answer. I know they're desperate. I saw a stat. It said that they've only they've scored like eight tries yeah, and they've been nil five times. Like in a, in a season going into round nine or ten or whatever we said we're on, just ridiculous. So they're asking a lot of a player who over the last few seasons hasn't shown any kind of grit or resolve to come into a team that's getting heavily beat to lead their attack and come up with some creativity. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to work, but I don't know what else Wakefield can really do. Is there real, like an injury crisis that I'm missing with Wakefield? That's what I've just looked at. I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, Mason Lino and Lee Gaskell and Max Jowett, none of them are injured, right? I think the only person they've seriously Max got Jowett, injured is... Max Jowett had a knock. Yeah, had a knock. But that means you just probably push... Gaskell to full back got, and then bring him in. I know but I know obviously Lewis Murphy's out and we'll get onto him in a minute. The last but... team they played the last the team they played Wigan on Sun like Sunday before last had Liam Kay at full back. Jesus. And then Rowan is it Rowan Milnes? And yeah, Rowan Milnes, yeah. Mason Lino. Morgan Smith, I don't know if he's played much this season or if he's injured at the moment. He wasn't in the squad. Because I thought their best team would be to go Smith and Lino. Um, yeah, Morgan Smith, I think they're playing more of him as a hooker. I mean, I don't really know what's I'm going like, on with Mark. The fact that they've got a better assistant coach as... Like, James Ford is a better head coach than Mark Applegarth will be. And Ford's the assistant. I think they've they've obviously put the money into Applegarth and said, look, we trust you because you know how the club's run. But there's something going on behind the scenes which is limiting this club. And I don't know if it's got something to do with Carter Mason leaving Lino. or whatever. Is Mason Lino really a player you need to replace? No, he doesn't need. I think he, unless they know he's leaving, then. But it's only on a short-term deal. Yeah, I mean, within the context of that Wakefield squad, he's been one of the better players. At least he was yeah. coming into the season. I, I'm really unkeyed up, but, um, and yeah, if you're gonna have thing in the half, wouldn't you try Samson Langi there? Yeah, I put I put Langi Langi and Line at Lino together. Um, probably better. I, I think Langi's been playing a lot at centre because I think they moved Corey Hall out to the wing um, but I, because George Tafui has not really been so around or anything but it's just a weird it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very odd squad it's a very weird looking squad yeah. nothing really no, squad doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit does it no because I don't think the player I don't think Gale Gale four years ago starts over any of these players but the Gale we saw at Hull FC doesn't so yeah it's tough it's a weird it's, transfer anyway yeah yeah another weird transfer 
at Wakefield, but going the other way, is a move that we spoke about, I think, earlier at the season, if not towards the end of last season. It might have been really at the start of this season. Um, Lewis Murphy rumoured to go to the NRL. It's been confirmed he's going to the Roosters. That means the Roosters are going to have both Lewis Murphy and Dom Young um, as English wingers at their club next year. I mean, we've seen Burgess go there. It didn't work. We've seen Ryan Hall go over there. It didn't work. They've come back better players. Is Lewis Smith going to come back a better player? Yes. Is he going to play much over there? He's not going to play in the NRL a lot, is he? No, I was just about to say, I, I think they're probably um, second choice, aren't they? Well, Murphy. No, I, think, I think both of them are. The, the, yeah. Dom Young has, yes, he's played really, really well and he's scoring tries, but defensively, he has been bad this year. He has. I, I, I'm really hoping Toby's got a fact, but he's probably missed quite a lot of tackles. I can find the thing yeah, here, but yeah. it's not it's not off the top of my head. Um no, I think I don't know, Dom Young proved in the England squad that he can be part of a defensive unit. Um I feel like that sort of reflects on the coach more than anything. What I'm hoping Sydney of Roosters are doing with Lewis Murphy is I'm pretty, like he's young, isn't he? He is Yeah, he's very yeah. Very I hope young. that they've been round to him and they've well, said you fit yeah, he's twenty one. They've said yeah. look you are physically the correct player to be here. You're rapid, even though I think his injury, the injury he's just done, could take away a lot of that pace. But you know, you're rapid, and we, you're a fantastic finisher. Um, we are going to put you in reserve grade and teach you how to defend with your really impressive frame for a year, for two years. We're going to teach you to make the hard yards. And then you're going to come into the, the Roosters squad because right? I can't see otherwise. He's going to get torn apart by every winger in that competition. Yeah. You know, even you play West Tigers, give me Nofaluma one on one with Lewis Murphy. I oh, mean, wow. Tigers can score down that edge loads. Mate, little, you know, little, little Dave's doing him in every time. Yeah. And it, it like, but I can see how you can say, look, we're going to throw everything at this kid because he's got the perfect yeah. body. He's got he's got natural speed that you just can't find many other places, and for him it's a bit of like you're going to earn a salary that's probably more than Wakefield can pay you, and you get to live in Australia, and you probably haven't got a wife and kids that you want to move with you or anything. So it's probably quite mm. a simple decision. Yeah, I, I just saw the I just found the Dom Young. He's um he's got an eighty point six percent tackle efficiency. He's made twenty five tackles, missed six in. That's poor as a winger. Yeah, as well, a winger, yeah. as a winger, that's quite bad. But he's only played eight games, so he's missed six tackles in eight games and scored nine tries. I'd 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 take nine tries in eight games yeah. and six with six tackles. If you've got a if you've got a better centre or something that fit more solid inside him, which yeah. I don't think the Roosters have had. Well, because... you've got a better defence coach. Yeah, exactly. Okay. With a better defensive coach, which I think the Roosters will have. Then, then he'll be fine, and I think Lewis Murphy's. With me having a week off work coming up, I will come next week. Put it on your little notes for next week. Facts, <laughs> and, facts and figures next be, week. Uh, how ugly were Dom Young's six missed tackles? <laughs> how, <laughs> how ugly they were. Um, another, we sort of. I, I know we're going to go to transfer rumours later, but the, we're sticking into the Roosters, and it's, it's a bit of news about Sam Walker. He's been dropped the last few weeks down to play uh, Jersey Flag or SG Ball or whatever it is they play in their, their second tier. He's been dropped by the Roosters and he's playing really well in the second tier. Does he do a Hastings? Does he do a Croft? Does he come over to England? There's rumours he could be going to Leeds. There's rumours he could be going to Saints. Does he come over to England, play really well, stay in England and finally commit himself to an England shirt? Are we going to see Sam Walker play for England before the end of 2024? I'm dying on this hill, lads. All right. 
I think I think you're wrong, Brad. Um, I don't think he's, we're going to see him in England shirt. I think I think when you talk about Hastings, you talk about Croft. These were players whose reputations were ruined. These were players who we said who they said at the start when they first debuted in the NRL that this is a player with loads of talent. And then by the time they played regularly in the NRL, it was this player's a waste of space. He's completely useless to any NRL team. Whereas, you know, when Brody Croft was dropped from Brisbane, there wasn't a big no Croft this week. It was kind of like, yeah, we're sort of coming. Sam, when Sam Walker got dropped, people were genuinely shocked. Like, media outlets didn't see it coming. Um, it's, they understand why, but they were like, oh, this dropping of Sam Walker must be like the thing that Trent Robinson's moving on. You know, the same way. Um, Kyle Flanagan when they decided to mm-hmm. let Kyle Flanagan go yeah and he's, now, he's, like, he's now gone to the Bulldogs been dropped from the Bulldogs and no one's bothered but you know how the Bulldogs haunted him I feel yeah. that's what I get with Sam Walker where it's like people are going oh, Trent Robinson should never have dropped this kid will take him and then maybe he's not that far away from a Super League move after that yeah. but especially you consider like Based off what I know about Sam Walker, and considering we've got Jared Croker and Jeremy Fogarty as our goal kicker, so we don't need his goal kicking, um, you know, would I take Sam Walker at the Raiders as Jack Whiten's replacement, potentially? That's a good shout. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So I think that that is that kind of how I see it, is that from what we know about him, he should come in. But we've got lots of examples with Danny Richardson at Saints, yeah. um, Kyle Flanagan at the Roosters. Where this just does that, it, like it is a case of the coaches made this player look incredible. Mm. Yeah, and what like it, it could be. I mean, Trent, Trent Robinson is a, a great coach, so I, I feel like um, he, he'll know when a player kind of needs that negative reinforcement, a bit of a kick up the backside to, to like you know have a bit of a reset, a refresh, and come at it with a new attitude. But also, I'm just being a bit cynical here, and I think this is more along the lines of football and what we see in rugby league, but maybe if um, Walker is looking elsewhere, this is kind of uh, a ploy to kind of decrease his value a little bit. Yeah, maybe. So he's not worth so much on the open market, you know, if he's played in uh, reserve grade for a couple of weeks or something like that. Yeah, because if, it's, if, if his value goes down a little bit, more clubs will look at him, especially if he starts playing well. Um, we've seen that with... Um... Brandon Wakeham, when he before he signed for West, he had a really good World Cup for for Fiji for him, and West got West have got him on a minimum deal. But two years ago, he was playing. He was on a decent contract. I think he was at the Bulldogs, I believe. I, I think for some reason I feel like he was at the Bulldogs before um, the World Cup, and he's being brought in on a minimum deal. And now he's starting six every week, and he's actually played okay. Not the best six, and. Um, that that Tigers have got. I mean, if Dewey hadn't got injured, he probably wouldn't be playing, and it's which has given Jareen Bulo a start and stuff like that. But it, it's just the way yeah. the NRL works, and with their boosted salary cap next year, with it going up again, it yeah, it'd be nice to see him in the Super League, but maybe not this time. Like you said, maybe maybe in a, maybe in a year or two. But I, I think I I genuinely think he has to look at himself and go, okay, maybe I'm not good enough for Australia, and I'm still not going to be good enough for Australia in two, three, four years. I mean, he's only young, isn't he? And you, you can see he's got a bit of weight to put on as well if he wants to have that longevity. Yeah. Um, that's that's the key for him, in, in my opinion, is the is a physical, you know, he's, he's quite a, th- a thin lad, quite a small lad. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of England, Sam Walker's a six. It was, it was a, there was two really big wins for both teams. We're going to kick off with England and England men's, but 
George Williams, number six for England. Was it three tries? How many assists? Four assists and something in a 64 0 win? I didn't watch it. I've just seen yeah. highlights. Both teams were, were, were rotated, but I thought the French might put up a little bit more of a fight. Yeah, it, I, I was there. And um, I'll be honest, I was really disappointed. It, the atmosphere was flat. Both games were just complete what do you mean? What do you mean the atmosphere was flat? Is they've been reporting amazing attendances? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I think there was a decent attendance. I think it was 8,000-something. Um, it was like that. one of the, the stands on the short end was completely shut. And the rest of them, I would say, were maybe sort of 75%, 65%. That, that's, really, that, that's quite disappointing. You just thought they'd have just left all four open. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I guess they're trying to sort of like make it feel like it's more more busy. You know what I mean? They're trying to like keep it a little bit tighter, a bit more condensed. But yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, you know, we're very pro International Rugby League and I, and I do still think it's important. But if that's the best that a mid-season international has got to offer, I kind of think that we shouldn't bother because it it's just been a, a big um, disruption to the Super League. There's been all sorts of like negative press about players dropping out. And then when it comes to actually play the games, there, there's nothing really interesting going on. I mean, we can enjoy it because we're interested in seeing how an England team's going to fit together to see how young players are doing. But to, to a neutral or, or even a fan with just a little bit less nerdy interest, it was just a nothing game. So, yeah, but that's just fun. Yeah. For, yeah, for the French as well, like that is just a, a pointless exercise, isn't it? That's um, yeah, it's it's not it's not very exciting, but but still, like I said, we can still take interest in it because because of the um, the fact that we got to see an England team, we got to see a team that um, is made up of just Super League talent and not even the top Super League talent. This was yeah. kind of like the next tier down, and so many players got the debuts and. Um, 13 I'll, debuts, I'll, I think there was. Yeah, I was I was really impressed um, with a lot of them. I thought um, Piers Paul, he, I thought he did really well. Um, Wardle was impressive. Um, Toby King was impressive. Was was um, was Jez Litton and were, Te, were Jez Litton and Tyler Dupree and Jack Wellesby the only three that didn't that didn't play for Wigan or Warrington? Ah, oh, Holroyd. Holroyd's and Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was just a lot of Wigan and Warrington lads, wasn't it? Just the yeah. real question is, would you expect a Wigan, Warrington and Leeds 13 to be 64 to nil points better than, than Catalan. a Catalan to lose team, really? No, yeah. no, I wouldn't. Oh, I'm, Garth and not... Morgan, yeah. Morgan or Artemis and Caesar Rouge started for Catalans, I would expect them to put easily twenty to thirty points on the board on the you know, on the yeah. board regardless of who was around them. But yeah. I feel like if you're French, if we were French, we would be throwing around some French explicit explicits um yeah, talking about this performance from France because it is like okay, you're not strong and you, it's quite easy to say, Look, I'll I'll fall back someone who no one's got a scoop of who he is and mm. We understand that if they get a line break, it's going to be hard to defend. We understand that down, that through the middle, we're really the inferior team. Yeah. We can accept being beaten through those points of play. But what you can't accept is how 
you've got two players who, like Cesar Rude, I think will genuinely be a really good player for Catalans one day. Like, good one day, like, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah. Um, you've got him and Arthur, and Arthur Moore could go in as far as he wants with the talent he's got. And you've got those two players. Yeah. You've got weapons like Laguerre, Romano, Lange, and even Ben Julian and Matthew Cosa, who we know can do it in Super League, and Gudemon. He, they've got weapons to use, and they just didn't do anything. How different is this France team from the team that played in the World Cup? Was it? Is it? A, is it very different? It's solid. I mean, you're missing. You're missing Yaha. You're missing Gijo. You're missing Escare. Yeah. Um, but those lads don't play in Super League anymore. Well, Yaha does, doesn't he? But um, Gino and Ascari don't don't play Super League anymore. So is it is it no. France looking at okay? We're just going to pick our Super League lads at this point. There was a few I know uh, to lose signings and that um, Valheim the prop. I think it's just because they had lack of props. They had he was playing uh, through the peer system and obviously Jufre's at fax. But this Jufre's never played for France before. Yes, he's really good and he's class, but he's he's not that level of player like. Picking Jufre ahead of Gijo doesn't make sense to me when you've got this fixture. You want France to, like, it felt like France didn't care. And because France didn't care, a lot of the lads that had injuries were like, I don't think I'm going to be able to play. And maybe they were injured and they were carrying knocks. But if this is with a full strength French team or a, or a fixture that meant something, those lads would never have pulled out. No, I think like part of that has got, it's got to be to do with the Elite One coming towards like the really important. Like end of the season, I think, like, think it finished the weekend then, before, right? So I kind of feel like maybe maybe we should have held it next week. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Just, week, and just, it's just been a little bit easier to, to give those players at the yeah. top of the elite one a chance to come in and play for France. Here you, go. Tell, so, you know, yeah, French squad, French squad that played England in, um, yeah, in, in the, the World Cup, League. yeah. Was Escari, Romano, Langi, Laguerre, Yaha, Morgue, Gijo, Desaria, Da Costa, Belmus, Julian, Seguier, Garcia. So missing Garcia, Belmus, Da Costa. Seven lads in that yeah. team played. And then you've also got. This, this is the squad numbers. This isn't the. Oh, okay. Started, but it's, it's still only a 19 man squad. Yeah. Policier, Sanger, Springer, Gudemont, Lacam, and Rouge. So really, it's, it's all your middles. Yeah, and it was and a, it was a totally different it. pack, wasn't it? It was that that forward pack yeah. was where they where they struggled. Like and... I said, it's no excuse. It doesn't feel like any excuse. They scored eighteen points that day. Yeah, I feel like they could have scored something today. Yeah, they, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's a shame. It's a shame that both games were so one sided for those people that went and for those that watched on TV. Obviously, they were able to turn it off. I mean, like you said, Robin, the atmosphere wasn't so bad. The fact that England won quite comfortably probably made the atmosphere better because everyone well, was cheering I, maybe this is the thing this is the thing right so this year i've i've made a big effort to go to a lot of super league games i've been to wigan i've been to warrington i've been to saints i've been to cass and the one thing that super league's got right now that the international game doesn't is that the fans all understand each other and they all have a reason to be there and there's generally enough of an away support where you get that little to and fro yeah. you know one side of the stadium's quiet the other one's cheering because they've just scored and a bit of bit of you know you know what it's like a bit of yeah. banter just whereas in the international game there was probably like four french people there like there was more staff than there was actual french fans which is fine that's understandable 
But then the English fans, we don't have something to unite us all. No. Everyone there is having a nice time. They, they, you know, they're supporting the international game, but there's nothing on the line. There's no, there's no chance. There's no cheers. People don't know each other. It's just slightly different, and I think that it's maybe something. I don't really know how you do it, but you know what it's like when England football have a game, and you can go to any pub in town, any nightclub, and they'll put a screen on, and like you know the soundtrack that gets played before the England games, and everyone knows what songs are coming up, and you only hear them for the football. It's like all of a sudden everyone's got this shared reason to be there, and it gets the crowd going, and everybody's up for it. And I think we need to create some kind of identity, some kind of unique experience that happens when you watch an England rugby league game to, to replicate that feeling in the Super League or an England football match or when you go to Twickenham or any of these major events. We, we need to come up with our own brand, our own identity yeah. and our own atmosphere. I agree. If we want people, if we want neutrals to come along and go, wow, that was fun. That's what it's, it's so important we do that because with, when it's an international game, you're selling an experience. Yeah. And this experience was lacking so badly. I, I've had more fun in in Hull watching, you know, when there's 6,000 people there and they're getting smashed. Yeah. Like, it literally was so dead. The atmosphere was just terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, the women's game as well. The French team and the women's team is very similar. The, the one to seven or one to five is quite similar. You've got um, the same the same hooker that started against um, New Zealand in the World Cup, but the, the pack's pretty much totally different apart from Akpa at second row. This England team is probably one of the strongest England team, excuse me, um, we've had for a very long time in the women's game. Um, you're looking at Holly Mae Dodds going over to the NRLW. Um, was it Georgia Roach heading over to the NRLW? Yeah. Um, Fran Goldthorpe, who didn't play this game, is heading over to the is heading to over to North Queensland. There's going to be a hand, a handful more of this group that probably head over in the next week or two, um, or if not this season, next season, to win 64 nil against a a younger French side. It's probably a really good set, really good sort of platform for where England are at, because Australia beat a a strong French team 92 nil, or New Zealand only beat them 46 nil. And that was the World Cup final, Australia versus New Zealand in the in the women's game. So the fact that England are lining up in between that is is, a, is probably quite promising. So this this result is more mm. promising for England than the men's result, in my eyes. Yeah, I think if if like the England women's team played in a series against Australia and New Zealand, they'd come up with a win eventually. I don't think they'd win a one-off test. Well, they could do, but you know what I mean. Yeah. They would definitely get a win if they played New Zealand twice. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So it does places like around that second third nation we just uh, we just need a little bit more competition and a little bit more regular competition if we want to reach that next level um it's hard when when the opposition of france is probably not as strong as you know when you've got leeds or saints or york playing against each other yeah it's actually kind of a step down but still important for them to to understand each other, get to know the new coach, of course. Yeah. And important for the French girls as well, on, on the flip side. Yeah, really, really good. I was I was quite impressed with the fact that both teams managed to get their wins. I mean, we were saying we wouldn't be surprised if France won, but then again, we were totally wrong 
on that and you, you're saying I kind of hope France win to give us a bit of a kick but it turns out that that didn't happen uh, speaking more on the women's game the Rugby Football League today have uh, well not today but the other day announced another significant step in the development of the women's and girls game with confirmation of the launch of two new regional uh, Super Leagues um, the Midlands and the North to complete tier two of the national comp competition pyramid to go run alongside the women's Super League South uh, in the Midlands, there's Cheltenham Phoenix, Coventry Bears, Leamington Royals and Telford Raiders. And then in the North, it's being soft launched between matches between Newcastle and Workington, uh, who'll play each other a few times over a summer series, with a Scottish team set to be introduced in 2024. Uh, the new second tier competition has also led to the formation of the Southern Regions Cup, which will consist of any Super League Midlands or Super League South teams not competing in the Betfred Challenge Cup. Um, and with the final to be played later on in um, August, the quarter-final draw for the um, for the regional cup, the Southern Regions Cup, game one on the twenty seventh of May, Bedford Tigers versus Leamington Royals. Game two in June, um, Cheltenham Phoenix versus Thurrock T Birds. The Army have received a bye because uh, Telford have withdrawn from the competition, uh, from the cup competition, but not the league competition. Uh, game four, Bristol Golden Ferns versus Coventry Bears. The semi-finals set to take place on the 23rd of July and the final on the 19th of August. Um, I think this is really, really good news for, for the teams in the area and for those Women's Super League South teams not in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, that sounds that sounds surprisingly um, diverse in terms of like geographical locations. Yeah, it's quite I'm nice. Start, I, I, think, I think we said it before, but like I think that the, the women's game is the key for our sport to unlock a, a truly national footprint because right now the men's game is locked in. You've seen how hard it is for ING to make any changes without pushback. Yeah. And we've got these established clubs, but we don't have to follow that same same um, rules in the women's game. We've got a brand new competitions. We can open up wherever we want. We can redefine the borders in any way we like. And I think like it's exciting. It's cool, like you said uh, just then about uh, a Scottish team in 2024. Like we we don't have anything like that in the men's game. No. So yeah, I, I think um, that's really cool. I'm excited to see how that how that develops, and I, I I genuinely think this is the step forward, and we will see the men's game piggyback off the women's off, game. off the back of this. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So it's it's really really good, and. Um... Bedford Tigers are going to be covering expenses for their their women's players. Their men don't get a lot of it; only get really get expenses for for big travel. But women will get expenses for training. They're now training twice a week, so they're trying to make it as professional as possible without being professional. If that makes sense. So it, yeah. the more teams, the more teams that follow this, the better it will be for the game as well. Uh, Toby, what are your thoughts on the new expansion and the new competition that the RFL have brought in? For the most part, it's really structurally sound. Like the whole right, we've got we've got our elite division, which is like the off, you know, the branches yeah. off from the clubs who are at the top, the top level men's clubs who are going to put the money into developing the women's clubs, and you know, so we've got your York, Leeds, Warrington, Wigan, Saints, Huddersfield, and yeah, and then obviously they're saying right. Let's go and get teams down here, teams down the south. Let's put them all in the league. Let's get teams in the Midlands. Let's put all them in a the league. And I think as we said weeks and weeks ago, if not maybe last year, that there's something really good about women's rugby league from the perspective of 
men's rugby union will always be popular because it's got the private schools and it's got the grammar schools and it's got the it's got this culture around it and stuff like yeah women's women's rugby union players are women who said i like rugby i want to play rugby rugby league is better suited to those kind of people yeah 100%. Like, yeah I, 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 that's obviously the opinion of rugby league fans but rugby league is a better game if you're not rooted in the tradition and the culture and the you know, like if you just want to get your adrenaline going, you want to be smashing into people in in rugby league style. I think. Um, anyway, so I really like that. I really like the expansion. I really like how it's front foot forward. Let's get this game national. Yeah. What I don't like is the naming. I think you've got the Super League, and then even in the Super League, the proper Super League is Group One. Yeah. Then you've got Group Two, which is kind of like a second tier, but it's considered the top tier. Then the second tier of the sport is actually the Super League again, but it's the Super League South and the Super League Midlands and the Super League North. Yeah. And then the Super, yeah, it's a bit. I mean, and then Barrow, Barrow are in the normal Super League, Workington are in the Super League North. Barrow and Workington may may never play each other, but Workington are going to be expected to play teams in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, so I, that, I think it'll yeah. be. I think there will be. This is probably obviously a soft launch for the North. You might find that yeah. the the teams in the super it becomes Super League and then it becomes maybe Championship North, Championship Midlands, Championship South. That's sort of, that's the way they do it. In there's a lot of that in the. Um, what I'm saying in terms wins. of like what I what I expect. I think in terms of what they're doing to grow the game and get teams involved, but also the way they haven't, they're not asking too much of teams. They'd rather the teams be in a conference of three yeah or a conference of two then force them to travel that's or force them to you know come down south if you want to play that's all really positive i just when img renamed super league you need to rename women's super league to be whatever that is to be the same. and then you need to everything else needs to be a chap in a championship or a league you know or whatever and then there needs to be some way of then promoting to super league once you once you're ready but yeah. this is like in terms of growing the game to that point, this is fantastic. I just don't like the naming because I think trying to introduce it to somebody as a you should take interest in women's rugby league, and then they said, well, how did my local team get there? And I'm like, yeah. well, you're already in the Super League, just not that Super League. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I think I but think the restru- yeah, I think a restructure of a Challenge Cups in order. It's really simple to do. Um, in the women's game because there's not that many teams i've looked at introducing how these new teams could be introduced and the teams that are already in there um have been introduced i kind of mentioned it a little bit last week and how it needs yeah. to be restructured and, and looked into that a bit more and as the season goes on we'll probably get into that conversation again once the once the challenge cup group stages and the women's have finished and we, we can all sort of come up with our own ideas but with with time sort of it's half past eight and we we, we kind of need to get a move on because some of us have got places to be but I, whether it's um, the gym or whether it's in the kitchen or whether it's in bed. So some of us have got things to do. I probably need to do all of those. We need to move on to Salford Red Devils um, because this is actually quite a good feel-good story, I think. Um, they've got a community share offer campaign going called Reds Rise Together, um, which will see the Salford Red Devils become the first wholly community-owned Betfred Super League club. Um, starting week two of the campaign, they've already surpassed a total of £100,000 in their community share offer into into the club. That's f- absolutely fantastic news. To run alongside that, 
kids for a quid and adults from £10 to go and see Salford versus Huddersfield on Saturday the 20th of May. That's meant in a, in a Challenge Cup fixture uh, and, concession, and concessions for over 60s is £5. Anyone who wants to sit in the Upper West in any price band, uh, which is the which is the main stand, I believe, uh, is, is a bit more expensive. But if you just want to go and watch some rugby for cheap, tickets from a pound for kids under 16s, Regular adult tickets priced at ten pound and concessions are five. But this is this is really good from Salford. Yeah, I'm really I'm really um, intrigued about this um, share offer. Like, I'd, I'd like to know what percentage they've sold to raise a hundred k because that would tell us mm. what what their you know what their potential is. But I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about it because really these fans, yeah, they own, they own a little piece of paper, but they've got no. I'll break it down to you. Um, you. If you become an owner, you get one share, one vote, a share certificate, eligibility, eligibility to stand for election, bi-weekly exclusive, a pin badge and a special match day event ticket priority. That's £100. Uh, owner Plus, you get all of that, plus exclusive club partner offers, uh, open days for Owner Plus and a one-year Red Devils TV subscription. That's £250 plus. The Founders Club, you get all of that. You get a welcome pack. An invite to Founders and Playing Squad 2024 team photo, exclusive Founders event, discount on function room hire at the Salford Stadium, uh, special priority draws on money can't buy experiences, that's £1,000. And then the President's Club is everything I've just mentioned. And as a prospective member of the President's Clubs, we would like to tailor your package appropriately to your contribution. Please contact us by clicking the button below and we will be in touch to discuss. That's £10,000 plus. So, I mean, it could be 10 people on 10 grand. It could be 100 people on a grand. But I guess it's spread out quite evenly across all of yeah. those. So you've got between 10 and 1,000 people. Then what, 000, like, people. what... It... So yeah, that's great. But what are you going to do next time around? Because you can't do this again. Do you know what I mean? You can't re like you can't. Or can you? Can you keep issuing shares every yeah, year? Yeah, I guess I guess you can dilute the value I, of each one. I guess you can. I don't see why you couldn't. I, I, I no, I, I just I don't know. But you just have to find the value of one share. One one share minimum a hundred pound. I think yeah. your shareholders would have to agree to split their shares into whatever but anyway yeah um, you just buy every share is a hundred pound because everyone gets one share no matter what level you buy you just get more benefits the more you put in yeah so yeah. so a share is a hundred pound so it will always be a hundred pound so the share will always the more people buy a share a hundred pound the more value the clubs worth. and they are aiming to go a hundred percent fan owned yeah they wanted to go 100 percent fan owned that's mental. That, that this is this doesn't. I'm looking at this now. I'm reading through it. I'll, I will send the link over to you guys so you guys can have a look after. But it's really good. It, they're doing it, it. They're doing this so that they maintain as competitive a playing squad as possible, that complete at the highest level to unite our growing community behind a common cause, and three to fulfil IMG criteria, ensuring category A status within the top flight of Super League through high level commercial and marketing growth. Yeah. Salford are going to be an A graded club, if not this year, next year. Should we oh, should we buy a share, lads? Should we should like the Biff podcast be we could have, we, shareholders we, we, of self and we, we, we could have a look at it. Yeah, we could have a look. We'd probably have to buy a share each to be fair. Well what um, I'm thinking Oh here we go, here we go. I've just clicked buy a share, sorry, uh, Toby. hundred and six thousand seven hundred and one pounds. Um which is forty two percent. They want to raise two hundred and fifty grand over uh, they've got thirty three days left, they've had three hundred and eighty four investors. That's that's not bad, you know. 
So the average is 260. So people are going, people for, are going the... for that second one. Yeah, a lot of people are going for the second yeah. one. Go on, Ty. What were you going to say? But what I'm thinking is for £1,000, you get to have every family party that you need. So every wedding after party, you can have your... Yeah. You can have your grand's birthday, your kid's birthday, your mum's birthday. You can have all those parties in the Salford function room for the rest of your life. At discount. At, at, at discount, yeah. I didn't realise it was at discount. I yeah, it, it just says, it just says dis, dis, no, discount on uh, function room hire. We could, on it. we could just go and hold... Lo- yeah, we could just go and hold live Biff shows every. We could, uh, <laughs> we could, we act, we genuinely could. But I guess obviously I didn't. Yeah, you've got a thingy. But... There's a few. There's a few thousand pounds. There's a few hundreds. There's a few two fifties. Um, so... Some people are doing like two six six, which is just like a random number. But I'm guessing that might be like two hundred and fifty dollars moved over. Doesn't look like anyone stood in with ten grand yet. But I, um, that's really good. My hometown football club. Um, had a fan-owned model for a number of years. It saved the club from extinction. Um, and then, basically, what happened is when the club needed something extra to take it to the next level, yeah. no one had the pockets to pay for it. Yeah. No one, no one could pay for that renovation here or that improvement here. No one could pay a lump sum or a deposit or whatever that's needed to take to get that club up a level yeah and i think that's the only thing i'd worry about is it's like all oh, right what's that you've got the chance to sign this player oh we finished sixth in super league um we reckon we could oh we finished second in super league we reckon we could finish first we reckon we could get a world club challenge we reckon we could bring twenty thousand people into rochdale stadium or oldham stadium for a world club challenge against south sydney yeah but that's not what it's saying is it it's it's saying these guys are the owners and they get a vote on everything that's getting put in but the money i guess the money is still going to come from ian bleese so the money's still going to be there right he's still going to yeah, be well, yeah. the top dog because he's just going to be well, the one that he's going to be he's going to be the one with the money to back it though he's going to be the right. one probably leading i would have i would assume it's going to be him that's putting it in and saying, okay, this is what this is this is what we want to do, and we can afford to do this. Do you think we should do it? That's and I think that's that's what it. I think that's what it is because it says one share, one vote. So I guess it's going to be like a board of. They're all going to be on like a board of directors, but he's still going to be the guy that leads and does like. Oh, we want to offer Brody Croft an ex- say if he comes up to the end of a deal or maybe not Brady Croft but someone who's coming out of contract say say Tyler Dupree is England's number one prop now right he's, he probably isn't but let's use it as an example he's he's England number one prop he's the number eight he's going to be the number eight for a while and his contract runs out at the end of next season and they go we want to offer Tyler Dupree a five-year deal and he's going to become the highest paid player at the club level with Brody Croft Andy Ackers and that's that he's going to be our guy Right, he's going to be our Jamie Peacock that of Leeds yeah. in the noughties and the early the tens, right? Then the fans vote on that. They can afford to do it, but the fans get the, the fans that own that have a share get the final say. And I guess there'll be a percentage of however however much that needs to be done. He's drunk. Yeah, they have they have the vote, but but like Toby said, do they have the cash? Yeah, but that's the thing. I think they'd have to be able to afford it, and then they say we can afford this. Mm-hmm. Can we, Shaq, do you want do you want us to do this? But oh, so I, hang on there, hang on. I I think this is considered inside a training, but 
does this mean that Salford can't make any secret deals because they're going to have to ask for the permission to sign so and so, and so then any any rugby league agent worth his salt is going to buy a share, so he knows exactly what Salford's plotting. And that's he knows mad. That... That's that's so mad. <laughs> yeah, you imagine if you had it as like mental. You've got an insider. And it's like, oh, Brody Croft wants to come to Super League. There's no, we're going to get you into Salford before anyone else knows you're available. Do you know what I'd yeah. do? Do you know what I'd be doing if I was Brody Croft and I had a spare ten grand? What mate, you said? I'd buy a president's share. I'd put ten grand into the club because they're paying you. They're, the club are paying you. Like you want that club to succeed, right? They're paying you until 2029 or whatever it is, 2020, whatever. So you you want to make sure that this club is in a good financial position, right? If you're a player that can afford it, I'd be putting money in. And if I would really want to stay that long, I want to make sure that I can afford to stay that long. And what happens when things go wrong and the chairman and the bloke goes, well, if you voted in this and this proposal, wouldn't be going wrong? Well, there's going to be a, there's going to be a time where the club's going to be sold and this is going to change, well, right? I would, what's, I would good about this, what's good about this is that the owners, or the, the current owner, is a guy who the Salford fans trust because he's yeah. just got them. He's yeah. just got them to where they've got to in the past five years. Yeah. Like pretty much since Marlon Kukash has left, Salford have been unreal in yeah. terms of what they've achieved for the size they are and like their ability to scout talent and things like that. Like Tyler Dupree was a reject until Salford signed them. Like that, you know. Yeah, he nearly stopped playing rugby and nearly went to the army, so, which is absolutely crazy. There is that, but I think there is a lot of what's and ifs, and it's quite it's quite a fun scenario. I feel like we could have a nice little role play where we just took the mick out of the, what the situation could become, um, and I'm quite happy to do that. But yeah, I guess there's like pros and cons. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of like it could be something where all the fans just turn around and say, "Oh, actually, we're going to vote to sell the club to someone else." Yeah, well, that would that would. It, but then that's the thing: do the fans vote? Say, look, someone's come in with a really big offer to buy the club for a certain amount. This means that you're only going to get what you put in back. So, say if you put hundred pound in, you're going to get hundred pound back, right? But you could also it could also be a state of, now nah, they're going to come in, but you're going to get your hundred pound back, and it's going to be you're going to get a times four multiplier. You're going to get four hundred pound back, especially if it's a one-off mm. payment. I wouldn't be saying no to that if I turned hundred pound into four hundred pound in even in over 10 years because you're probably not losing any other money doing this you probably just that yeah. means you're putting money into the club yeah. anyway so you may as well put the money in in this way to make sure that the club the club succeeds i'm really interested to see how this develops and what happens at salford but we've got one more thing to talk about and it's not nothing major it's just a few little transfer news and transfer um oh can i just uh, one on. more thing is that i really like um Wolfie from Warrington Wolves doing a promo with uh, Wakey Wines. Wakey Wines, yeah. I mean, yeah. Amateur, yeah. amateur Rugby League have, have, have rinsed it today and said, like, it's not great. Da, 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 da. And in my head, I'm going, actually, I think it's quite good. I think it's quite funny. Wakey Wines is popular with um, TikTok. Really, on TikTok. Yeah, but I mean, the bloke is a convicted drug dealer. So the fact that they're using him as a, as a promo... Yeah. Maybe not. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, there's some. There's some... has now been on loads of kids' screens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. yeah, it's it's good because it promotes it to children, but it's also bad because they could have used someone that doesn't have a criminal record. Um, I, yeah, maybe research wasn't well, done. Like but... most most rugby league players. Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah, that's very, very, very true. Um, right then, let's go to some some transfers. We'll start uh, Super League. Uh, Owen Trout apparently has rejected his the Huddersfield Giants offer on the table. Rumours that he could be going back to Leeds. Any any team that needs a forward really should be looking at Trout. Maybe Salford. Look, him and Tyler Dupree, young lads. So, do you know what I mean? They're not a bad little shout. Where would you like to see someone like Owen Trout go? Well, I think at York. <laughs> he's, he's a Super League level player, mate. I mean, he does look a little, yeah, he does know. look a little bit like you. I'm not gonna lie. Just, a, just a smidge. On, oh yeah, a, um, a quick glance. What? Because he's got brown hair and he's white. No, he's he's the smile and the the big ears. <laughs> oh yeah, I see what you mean. Actually, he's yeah. a very good looking man. He's a very good looking man. <laughs> but no, he's, he's come through Leeds, played three games at Leeds, uh, bit alone at Dewsbury, been to Feb, and in three, two and a half, three seasons. Yeah, you know, he does look like you, Robin. Yeah, he does look like you. <laughs> three and a half seasons. In three and a half seasons at Huddersfield, he's played 50 games in Super League. So, I mean, yeah, you know, he's not, not a bad player. He's been through the system. He's just got places to be. His brother Kyle is at Dewsbury, so maybe he could be heading to there and play, play alongside his. Um, his brother, no, he's at Keithley, sorry. He could be playing at Keithley with his brother. Who knows? I mean, they're not going to play at Keithley in League One, is he? He's not going to drop down that far. No, I mean, what, I mean, what about Wakefield? We were saying earlier, they've got some uh, I said, injury yeah, but, but if, he, if, he's, if he's contracted till the end of this season and it's next season he's moving, oh, yeah, it's not yeah, going to yeah. be Wakefield. I don't think it's going to be Wakefield. It's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a, a current Super League club that's... Yeah, that's what he wants all the day. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> He's either going to want to be do what Tyler Dupree's done, go somewhere where he's guaranteed to start every week and yeah. just show everyone he's doing, or he's going to go, I'll sit in a Super League squad and earn the same amount of money and play when I have to. But I think you'd just stay at Huddersfield if you wanted to do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? Where Maybe Castleford? Yeah, maybe. It'd be really interesting. I'm, in, I'm going to keep an eye yeah, on that one. Uh, Rumours coming out of Leeds. Ash Handley going to shift the fullback. Oliver Gildart's going to be brought in. Um, and Nene McDonald's going to shift to the wing. That means Milo likely to shift back to half-back next season and Luke Hooley back to second choice and maybe even out of Leeds, which is a shame because Luke Hooley, I know he had his career absolutely destroyed by Jordan Abdul in one game, but that was a hor- <laughs> it was a horrible night. It was, a, it was horrible weather. Any full-back's going to struggle in those conditions apart from Dylan Edwards. Yeah, I mean, like I don't think Leeds would have made a decision based on one game. They're probably... You know, there's all that uh, stuff that they see in training that we don't get to know about. But yeah, God, I'm so surprised that we're still talking about Richie Myler. Like, <laughs> like, we, what, what is it about him? Do you know what I mean? How does he do it? It's mad, isn't it? It's mental. It, I don't understand. Dates the right woman. Dates the right woman. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm not, we're, we're moving on. We're moving on. Just, I, I, no, I can't move on. It was going to be really awkward because he played really well in um, the game that Leeds had on Channel 4 and Helen Skelton was hosting that and there was arguments that he was going to get man of the match and imagine the awkwardness of that conversation. You know what? He's not, he's not that bad a player. Like, he was... An... He's just a not a very nice bloke, apparently. I, I don't I've never met him, but... When Leeds were bad, they still needed him more than they needed Austin and Caesar to create tries. Which is yeah, mental yeah. because Austin and I, Caesar are quality halfbacks. Well, I think they get they, they just got off to the start of the season slow, really. But yeah, I think it's that way. He does add value. Um, 
to be fair, he's probably more of a fourteen than anything now. If he can, can if he can do going around the rock. Yeah. Um, as like you know, so. Ben, I, ben I, like a Ben Hunt type. Yeah, is it? Yeah, if he can, if he can go around the rock, then he can sort of be cover for the whole spine, um, or centre probably. You know, if off the bench, and he can go into that this sort of modern number 14 role that the NRL is really getting now where they want their, their number 14 to be able to cover everywhere yeah. these have been Carl Orton Dylan Walker um, Jermaine Salmon is technically that kind of player yeah um, you know so but so I think he's got potential to sort of finish career in that sort of role as you say Ash Hanley is supposed to be going to full back yeah Hanley to full back well, um, yeah. Gildart in uh, centre which pushes McDonald out to the other wing don't know Hanley's like junior career. Like, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I would honestly. I don't think that's right. He's I one of the best wingers in the club. He's played fullback. He's never hit a good line, and he's that. He's an electric player in terms of yeah. with ball in hand on the wing. He, he is a really, really good winger, and it's like, why are you forcing this winger who is he? He has perfected the winger role. He is probably top five. Wingers in, yeah. If not that, he's definitely top five English wingers. Like what? Maybe Tom Johnston, maybe Liam Marshall right now. Yeah. And then Tom Young ahead of him. Yeah. Like, is anyone else ahead of him? No, I don't think so. Tom Tom Rakes in in the. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's got to be there about. I think I think we're in a really good position in that in that sense. He's in top five English wingers, and then. Don't force him to make one-on-one tackles that he's not really that competent at making unless he's really going to learn. And I don't know, is he a Latrell Mitchell type of learner? Like, is he going to be able to convert to a fullback like that? And then just don't force him to try and hit the holes of a player who plays in the spine when he's never done. If he's seemingly never done that, when you can just get him to just get a different player to hit those holes and push the ball to him out wide in space. it feels like it's that we've got this really good player. We want him in the spine because if his speed and footwork and ability transfers to fullback, then it would be brilliant. But he's had a little crack there, even though it was just a bit of pre-season, half a game here and there. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's even like, it's not like he's doing one thing really well there and you're like, oh, we need to spend off pre-season working on his, this part of his game. It's like, no, he really is just a fantastic winger. Why yeah. Josh Adams? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Josh Adekar started as a fullback uh, in academy and then just shifted out to wing just because he was so bloody quick. Um, last but not least, it's one that I think you'll be very interested in. Um, Toby, obviously no secret, Jack Whiting's gone to South Sydney. Um, we won't ask your opinion because obviously it's a, it, for, for Raiders fans, it's, it's not very nice to hear that you've lost your best player. And... My opinion is he's, far, he's well within his right to go. Oh, and yeah. The reason people are angry is because they now have to spend half a season knowing that yeah that he's not going to be there but I think he's not I think I think if he plays his heart out and the team the lads play for him there's no reason why they can't do really well I think you have to look at it as a Raiders fan as you have this number six who was well he's one of the best ball running he's fantastic with the ball in hand and he's an absolute monster really hard to tackle yeah but how much was that your play became unconventional because if you were going down the left-hand side, where was your kicking option? Yeah. Um, what were you realistically going to kick ever going down the left-hand side? Um, you know, or did you just need somebody to 
like to tackle Jack White in every time, and then everything, and then hold the line if he if he decided to pass instead. Like he was better than that, and he is fantastic. And like it's true, like he never got the credit he deserved at Origin level or whatever. But um, yeah, I think he, I think it's a lot of money for a player that has retired from representative he, footy and has never won a comp it's a lot of money yeah. to offer but he's worth he's not worth I don't think he's worth the 1 million 1.1 million that both the Dolphins and the Raiders were offering him I think 800 800k in the boosted market next season is fantastic he's a, a massive player, yeah but he's still you know Raiders have still only really performed when George Williams or Jamal Fogarty or Aiden Caesar have been there to manage the game when it needs to be managed yeah and like mm. that's fine, but it's that like you are you getting rid of you might be able to bring in a six who can manage the game when the seven wants to run and you know when Fogarty just wants to run, let the six manage the game for a bit. If yeah. the six then wants to run or the six, you know, let Fogarty manage the game. It feels like you might bring a bit of balance back, but you might also lose a lot of defending. But it's kind of like I feel like it's a very negative look from Raiders fans just because they've never had it happen to them before where a player's gone. I don't want to be in. I don't want to be in this losing club, mm. basically. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's really, it's really good to hear from from you because we were really hoping that we'd be able to get that last week. But the fact you've come on this week is, I'm happy. Um, obviously, no secret that you need to replace him. Um, a lot of people think that the Raiders are tar targeting uh, Dragon and Maroon star Ben Hunt, uh, the style of player and person they. Apparently, Danny Wilder is saying that um, it's the style of play, player and person the Raiders would like at their club. Obviously, that's a lot of money they're going to have to have in their cap. They, they reckon there's going to be about um, two to three million left to spend um, when the when the thing goes up and White and leaves, which is quite a lot of money. Hunt's contracted with the Dragons until the end of 2025. He's been in, um, he's been embattled with a coat with coach Anthony Griffin. He's Griffin's biggest supporter. But if Griffin is on the way out, Hunt has said publicly that he wouldn't really be keen to starting fresh. But he said you definitely have a think about it and reassess maybe. Um, Hunt to Canberra could become a reality, but the Raiders are obviously going to make sure that they find the marquee player that they want. Uh, quick thoughts on, on Ben Hunt to, to your team, Tobe? Um, I don't know. I really like Jamal Fogarty. Would you, would, you shift, would you shift then? Would Hunt go to seven then? Or who would go to seven? Well, he has to because Ben Hunt wants to play seven. Yeah. At, at club level. And, he, well, he, last year he was fantastic for St. George, so it's not that he, he can't play seven. But it's a bit like, I feel like Fogarty would provide as much from seven as Ben Hunt. Yeah. But if if he's developed properly type thing, you know, if he's allowed to play properly to the point where I'm almost saying, why are you having the same, like I always feel like you're putting the same player on the field in some ways. Um, ben Hunt's defence, much better. Um, so, you know, but I feel like, I feel like it's kind of, focus. he should be that focal point of seven. And if you're going to go and spend money on a six, like it should be a, another player in that mould of like I don't think you need to go and get a player who's going to charge you a million to no. be there like yeah. I feel like you can go in and get that get that 850,000 player um, mm. you know that player who's a drop below 
you know, like literally a step below that yeah. level. Um, it, I still think, obviously, you know, is there really a difference between a six and seven nowadays? Apart from when you've got someone like Jack White and um, you know what is really the difference between a six and a seven? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think who who could be coming available. But I'm trying to think the kind of level that I'm talking about. I guess, I mean, you know the kind of difference between a Jerome Lewis and a Nathan Cleary? Yeah. Like, no one would play Jerome Lewis at a million, but... No. You know, you know that kind of thing? Like, I feel like the, the real aim here should be, let's get Fogarty into the shape... In, like, let's shape Fogarty or this other guy into a million-pound player for us to pay at their next contract. Yeah, definitely. Um, just going through some of the off-contract names in Super League for the Raiders, because, you know, they like to pinch, right? But they know, they know we like... They know... They, they they take lads from over there and they make them better Why players and then they come back, right? Half back. Adam Kieran, Mitch Pierce, Tui Lolaheya, Blake Austin, Aiden Caesar, Cade Cast, any of those. Adam Kieran I'd take as in any squad to be honest, but yeah. as a six, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But that's 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 really the level. I mean there's not a lot of off contract players, I think, ready to go. I think it's gonna be have to be a purchase, you're gonna have to put some money out there for to try and bring oh, someone in. Was it, was it, you I said the other day about like I, I'd probably take Dane Laurie off. Yeah. Ez, Ezra Ezra Mam is off contract. Yeah, that I mean that would be that's a player you could chug eight hundred and fifty thousand at. Yeah, but yeah. Broncos probably the same at. I don't know if they. I don't know. You know, because Jock Madden played really well at the weekend. I know they lost, but they've they've got Jock Madden. They're going to have to try and keep hold of Adam Reynolds. Yeah, I would. I, I, I would take for a year, and genuinely, I believe. This player would be fantastic at six, and is Tyson Gamble. Yeah, oh yeah, man. If if the if the um if the Knights don't bring him in, right, then I don't understand. I think the Knights have got a real problem yeah, yeah. with what they do because Ponga Ponga won't be at fullback because Lockie Miller's too good. Although they put Ponga like they put Ponga at six, like this was their big thing. Was like we're gonna make Ponga at six. Nah. Lockie Miller's come in, and it makes no sense from the perspective of Tyson Gamble is clearly the better six. And 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 neither of them are a seven, which means Hastings has to play seven. Yeah. But, but Tyson Gamble is off contract at the end of the year, so that's probably where they where they. Don't, I, I honestly they lose pay him Yeah, I think he genuinely would get you into with him and Fogarty as a partnership would genuinely get you into the top eight. Would you would you offer Jerome Luai big money to bring him in because he's off contract? No, because he brings he brings an ugly culture with him that only Penrith can manage. And I think, yeah, but I think, I think that I think the culture is because there he's at Penrith. I don't. I think because he's around loads of his mates, then he struggles. I think if you bring him into a totally different, different structure, then it changes. Like how special he's been at. He was at times for like a Samoa. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I agree with Toby. That I think that's bang on. He's a talented yeah. player and he can still thingy. But I do think like you know, is that Penrith environment? What you know. Is he someone I really trust outside of the Penrith spine, the Penrith environment, without being able to throw balls to Brian Tuttle? Yeah. You know, um, look, and I, I think he is the reason people like Stephen Crichton have said F you to the the Panthers. Like, I think that they've gone. We don't want to be around a club that's this close to getting yeah. slammed lines and bans and suspensions because of their because of that behaviour. Oh, this is these are. I'm looking at the wrong bloody list. This is people that are off contract at the end of 2024. What am I doing? I'm looking at the wrong list. This is this this has gone really well. Uh, Josh Reynolds, six. He's off contract at the end of this year. 
Um, that's it, really. There's not really many sixes off contract. Sean, it's John like... Sean Johnson off contract at the Warriors. Now they've brought Roger back. Oof. Big, big miss potentially there. Uh, Jack Johns, he's more of a second row though, isn't he? Not really a, a halfback. It's his brother that's the halfback. Is Adam Dewey available? Yeah, look, leave him alone. No, um, no, Luke Brooks is available. Brooke, Brooks is available if you want 1.1 mil on your salary cap. You know what? See how he plays. See how he plays this year. Yeah, mate. I, honestly, yeah. take take him, take him, please. Hey, but him. After the game, he's just against Penrith. Yeah, but but his it's... defense quite solid in there, and his kicking game didn't suck. It's kind of like, look, if he set that stand to go forward, no one's going to pay him 1.1. Pay him 700. Mate, he's played 197 games for the West Tigers. He's had one good game. Yeah, but well, we'll see where he goes. Yeah, you know. To be fair, he's a Tigers player. He's not played for anyone else. He's, uh, do you know what I mean? So I can't knock it. I, I mean, think, it... yeah, I think like like Toby says though, if he's if he's not on so much money, you're not quite as critical. It's oh God, no! It's because he's on one point one million. Yeah, and clearly like Daily Cherry Evans level at that at yeah. that price. Yeah, I mean he hasn't he, he hadn't won a game of rugby league, Luke Brooks, in over a year. I'll tell you what's it called. Well, if Brandon Wakeham plays as a six, the way he played as a six for West against Penrith, then I take Brandon Wakeham. Yeah, he's also he's also off contract, and he's on yeah. minimum. He's on minimum right now as well, so he wouldn't cost a lot to bring in if you're going to be guaranteeing him game time. Uh, in terms of West Tigers, what they've got, um, there's, there's a lot of players here that I think we need to sign up. Luke Brooks isn't one of them. Dane Laurie off contract. I don't think he's going to be coming back because Jareem Bula is unreal at one. Um, he's, a, he's taller than Dane Laurie, stronger than Dane Laurie, and he can do what Dane Laurie can do, and he's just bigger at it, and, and which means him slightly better at it. Uh, Charlie Staines, probably bring him in, but probably not on a lot of money. And Tommy Talau. In terms of Alex Seyfars and Tukumia Simpkins, they're probably not going to get a deal. And I'd like to see him re-sign Brandon Wakeham, to be fair. I would like to see him stay well, in. It, it, you know, this is really, like, from this, what happens from this game onwards is really telling. Because I can, I can blame the game on the weekend as being in the wet, Penrith not being asked to play in the wet because they can't play their fun, exciting rugby that wins them games yeah. and make them amazing. And it's like all a mentality battle that Wests have won. Like yeah. They've gone, well, they're going to play in the mud, they're not going to have to pass the ball around as much, blah, blah, or it could genuinely be the turning of a corner where they've gone, we've, like, we've, look, we've accepted we've had to lose a lot to get to this point, but now our defence is good, we've got the squad that works, we know that Wakeham and Brooks are a partnership, we know Boola's our full-back. Yeah. Um, I think it helps that, like, that they've not have, they haven't had so much makeshift sensory business going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Of, we'll see. We'll look forward to it, and we'll continue to talk about it next week. Hopefully, we'll all be back. But we are out of time, I'm afraid, boys. We are. We are out of time. It's nine o'clock. I feel like we could just now. Toby's here. We just go all night. We could. We, we could do one of your twenty-four hour streams and not even like. Do you know what? Lunch. Do you know what? I will line a, tw a twenty-four hour Biff stream up to re-kick off the entry. We'll um. We'll kick. We'll, we'll. Yeah. Do you know what? Done. We will line up a 24-hour Biff stream on the YouTube later on this season um, at some point, whether that's all of us sat at our desks and chatting for 24 hours about rugby league, whether we do phone-ins. We'll sort something out. We'll plan it and we'll get back to you. Uh, both Toby and Robin are expecting their Biff t-shirts this week. And once they've got those, you guys should, should be able to expect a few more. We'll make those um, available for people. 
in the next few weeks and also rugby jerseys coming up in the next few weeks uh website still having major issues with it i don't really know what's going on but that will be up and running before before the playoffs before before the playoffs um but no thank you robin for joining me toby welcome back my friend welcome back thank you um this has been the biff go on does anyone want to say anything before i let chat gpt do an outro again because i'm really liking these i'm just yeah i'm just glad we didn't replace toby with chat gpt that was your idea i that was never that was your I, idea. Ne- you I never suggest- said it no i didn't I, we never recorded it. i turned recorded off and he goes oh man imagine recording imagine replacing toby with chat gpt i'm like no like, we're not doing it <laughs> he's not laughing he's not happy no <laughs> There's great value in ChatGPT. Um, I, uh, he doesn't yet know that the dolphins are in the NRL. So, <laughs> yeah, I do. It's, it's um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, exactly. It, it also probably couldn't tell me the missed tackle percentages of all the NRL players. So, what? No. It's telling me it can't intro the Biff Rugby League podcast brought to you by Swinging Arms and Shoulder Charges because it cannot generate inappropriate or offensive content. Well, we can. Well, yeah, we can. So. <laughs> but no, uh, this has been the Biff Rugby Podcast, episode 13 of season two. The gang are back together. We'll be back together for the rest of the year, providing something major doesn't happen between now and then. I don't know, like a baby being born or something. Uh, <laughs> but no, thank you very much for joining us. We've been the Biff Rugby Podcast, brought to you by Swinging Arms and Shoulder Charges, and we'll see you in a week. Have a good evening, everybody.